One a Week podcast, everybody. I'm Matthew. And I'm Jonas. And this week we are talking about the new Brockhampton album, Roadrunner, colon, New Light, New Machine. And there's a comma in there. I'm sure you guys can figure it out where it is. Um, this album came out on April 19th. So we technically could have covered it last week, but... Um, but I prevented that from happening. And that's like fine. Um, I still listened to it, obviously, when it came out a bunch um, and wanted to talk about it on the podcast, um, even though we both heard it many times. So I think we're breaking a rule here, but, you know, we're just we're just having fun. Nothing too serious going on. So I mean, it wouldn't have been April 19th. It would have been the 9th. The 9th. I don't know. Why. That was really like. Well, actually, but I like tomorrow's the twenty third. Oh yeah, true. And it came out it on a Friday. Out, like, five days ago. So okay. yeah, the ninth. It came out on the ninth. I completely derailed your opener. Sorry. I um I haven't been sober since then actually. Oh wow, yeah, that's so, a, that's sorry, a that's up my dates. that's a bender. That's what people call a bender. A fugue state. You've hidden it well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so breaking the rules a little bit but it doesn't really matter because this is a podcast where we talk about music and nobody cares no so one cares we'll just we'll talk about it anyway so Brockhampton are a boy band that formed in 2010 in San Marcos Texas um, they weren't actually called Brockhampton when they formed though I can't remember what they were called though that's like a funny fun fact trivia that only the real fans know but I don't know anything about that so you're not a real fan I guess not I, I, it makes me upset. Um, in 2015, they released a big single, Dirt, and then they released their mixtape, All American Trash. Um, but they really didn't hit, like, fame until the phenomenal Saturation Trilogy. Um, three amazing hip-hop records that came out within six months of one another. They released three albums in six months. That's, like, I think about it, like, Frank Ocean hasn't put on an album in five years. This is like the second episode in a <laughs> row where we've gone back to Frank Ocean. Because like, he's just because um. Is he like the is he like the litmus test for was, everything? Like kind of because it was explained to me that the Frank Ocean album has a lot of charm due to how like disconnected Frank is from like everything. Yeah, he's kind of a mysterious guy. So, I was thinking a lot about it, and I was like, yeah, Brockhampton fans, okay, so we waited, like, what, 18 months for this record, Roadrunner, but, like, that pales in comparison to probably a lot of other people who are, like, yeah. you know, like, Beatles fans? They haven't gotten a record in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think us Beatles fans are going to be waiting. So, like, the Beatles fans are kind of starving, but Brockhampton <laughs> fans, we only had to wait 18 months. That felt like a long 18 months, though, probably because we're spoiled by such like quick release times. Yeah, and also coronavirus happened. So. Yeah, everybody was just like, everyone should release music right now. Since The Beatles still didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to Brockhampton. Um, they've had an interesting history. They've had a few members come and go. Um, but the main group that we have now has been there for a long time. Um, main brain, Kevin Abstract. Ian Simpson. Ian Simpson. Ian Clifford Simpson. Oh, you knew the middle name. You knew the full government. Oh, because um, he, he has a spam account on Instagram that he hasn't posted to in like a year. It's called like Clifford something. So I just, I just knew. Oh. 
I'm I'm very involved. You're in this deep band's into the history. lore. Yeah. Um. So obviously, if you guys can't tell, I am a big Brockhampton fan. Um, He's wearing a a Brockhampton shirt I'm right wearing now. The shirt. He's got the Brockhampton pajamas. He's got the the Brockhampton I hat. Rep the set. He's got the the Brockhampton sleep mask. The gloves, mm-hmm. the socks, all of it right now. He's he's wearing it all, even though this is a video format or those, audio format. Those six items cost me $2,000. <laughs> he hasn't paid rent. <laughs> so I was excited for this album. And um, I guess initial thoughts, it did not disappoint. In fact, I think my expectations were... What's the it word? exceeded, exceeded. your ex- expectations. They were exceeded, I'd say. Um, and I I think that you feel somewhat similar. I do. In that regard. Yeah. Um, they like... The Saturation Trilogy, obviously, is like very good. And I think they've been kind of struggling to return. And I, I wouldn't say return, just like match that energy that they had. Because it was so like out of the blue... And also they had Amir, who's been removed from the group, and that was obviously a big deal. Like, they canceled an album because of it. Um, They, like, had to completely rework, like, a tour, and um, it obviously, like, affected many of the mental states of the band members. They obviously all have a lot of feelings about it because they're all, like, close. They're all, like, very close friends. So ever since that happened, I think they've had a struggle returning to Stride. Um, Iridescence, which came out in 2017, I believe. Um, no, not 2017. Um, was it? I think so. It might have been 2017 or 2018. Um, I'm looking it up. Yeah, that one's kind of like the Black Sheep, besides like their first mixtape, because it's so like reactionary and like kind of off the cuff. Because they wanted to like do like a it was twenty eighteen twenty eighteen okay it was kind of a gut reaction to um, everything that had happened and it still has some very good stuff on it but it's definitely their most scattered album um, so they gave it another year they put out Ginger which was the last album before this one um, and that was a lot more measured it was a lot more melancholy I'd say it was the sad album yeah, yeah it was like the We've gone through this thing, but we're coming out the other side of it. And Roadrunner um, showcases some of that returned energy very well. Um, I think in particular, I want to talk about Kevin a little bit. Um, because on many of Ginger's songs, he's kind of like muted. He has a very like low-key verse. Um, and like, I don't really, I, I won't say I dislike that, but I definitely like bombastic energetic kevin more yeah so um the first single to come out for this album buzz cut um i was very happy to hear kevin's verse and i was like oh yeah he's back yeah it's kind of like immediate with like the opening which is who let the dope boys out like immediately it was like oh we're gonna be up right now kevin is back um so Buzzcut got me excited even more for the record than I already was. And Danny Brown was on it. Danny Brown. I like me some Danny yeah, Brown. Very good rapper. And he like matches the energy that's brought on the track super well. Yeah. Um, and then the second single came out, Count On Me. Also very good song. 
Sean Mendez on that Shawn one. Sean Mendez, among others. ASAP Rocky, So Gone So Flexi, um, and probably like eight people on the chorus. Um, and then the album dropped, and yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, quite a bit, in fact. Yeah. Um, I, I've been talking for a while. You should say a couple things. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not as much of a Brockhampton uh, fan as you are. I mean, I really like their stuff. I'm just not, like, mega fan like yeah. you are. I ain't got the Brockhampton socks. No merch. Um, but uh, I, I was excited for this album, for sure. Um, I... I did not dislike Ginger, but yeah, I wanted something more like high energy um, uh, because that's just like what I really liked about like my first Brockhampton project was Saturation 3. And when the first Brockhampton song you hear is Boogie, <laughs> like that's kind of what you want to hear from them usually. Um, and there was a lot more of that on this record, but I think it is it is by far their best balanced record just because it has like stuff that's in your face like bankroll or um let me pull up the track list real quick um, it has like bankroll um and don't shoot up the party like those two in particular like very in your face loud bangers but then it also has like um uh like slower songs that are are good uh, like chain on isn't like a slow song but it's like a no. more like it's a low key yeah um, and that's like a phenomenal track with a the guest <laughs> verse from JPEG Mafia, who I swear has never missed on a feature ever. He like he he's better on features than on his solo stuff in terms of like batting average. Like he is one hundred percent on features. It is insane. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I think this album's super well balanced, which I, I really like because I feel like I, I heard a review that said like this album is, uh, Brockhampton finally sounds famous and that's not meant to sound like a criticism because it's like a good thing. Like they know who like their original fans were and what their original fans like latched onto them for, but they also know what like the mainstream has latched onto them for as well. Um, yeah, I'm referring to like sugar, like yeah. that, like so they made sure they still had like stuff that sounded similar to that. So it's like it's it's it was elegantly put together, I think, um, mm -hmm. which I think begs the question, which I figured we'd get into this. Is it their best album? I know I I've been thinking about that a lot. Um... Because, You've been tossing and turning, losing sleep. Yeah, I don't like. I think, um, because we're probably just gonna be talking about any of the three saturations in this. Um, Compare like to if those are better than yeah. Because yeah. like Ginger and Iridescence are both like good, but I don't think they're in the running for best Brockhampton album. No, I don't either. And um, I guess I think it it has the the best like and you said that like it's the most balanced i think it has like the best it has like the tightest track list i think of mm -hmm. any brockhampton project and not just because the um the saturations all have like skits and that like iridescence and ginger have some like duds but i feel like it and like you did say that like yeah it appeals to like both kinds of fans of brockhampton but it feels it feels like their most like 
boy bandish record to me for sure but i'll take just, you on is just like that's like an nsync yeah, song that felt very like early 2000s boy band yeah. and same with like old news yeah um and then um what's the occasion like joba doing like a like a mellow rock song yep that was super interesting so i think this felt a lot like they were like yeah we're gonna do like boy band stuff we're gonna like be like melodic and like sing a lot but then they don't forget like that crazy hip-hop edge that they've had since they started yeah um so it being their best um it's hard to it's hard to judge that because like the Brockhampton of saturation the Brockhampton of now are different like the the production value of Brockhampton now is definitely higher because back then it was just like Joba and like Romil making beats in was like Jabari not making beats back then Jabari was too yeah um they were just making beats in like a house in California yeah and this they I know Iridescence they recorded at Abbey Road Studios um but um I'm not sure like where the recording went on for Roadrunner where any of the material was like written um but I'm pretty sure because like I've seen tweets and they've talked about like yeah we like would lock ourselves in a house for like 18 hours a day and then go to bed wake up do the same thing and um that sounds very it sounds like an ordeal to make an album <laughs> you just kind of yeah. like grind every day um and they've obviously put a lot of thought into it i remember kevin tweeting about like he was like yeah we like reviewed the track list for like several days just to make sure it was like perfect flow and like wow i don't think the like f- track flow is like a huge strength of the album it's like fine i'm not like yeah these tracks are like perfectly spaced um because like like there's a lot of bangers at the beginning and then it kind of gets more mellow near the end which might have been on purpose but i feel like a mix of those is a little better yeah but um it's definitely their best i think album cohesive album um just in terms of like structure and like thought put into because saturation's kind of like i just just kind of like go crazy and that's what they did it just they they like they had a creative stride and they stayed on it for a long time but it felt kind of like they they would like write a song i remember there was a live stream where they did a song from saturation three where they literally made the beat wrote and recorded their verses and they were done with the track by like the end of the live stream and that's what a lot of the original saturation songs are like like i'm sure they like recorded them in like a day or two days and with roadrunner it feels like they spent a lot more time on every single track yeah so i think for that reason the like overall quality and the cohesiveness of the whole project is the best like by far yeah um and i guess the nitty-gritty would be are this this are the songs better than collectively any saturation album track list yeah because i mean that's how i have to look at it is do i like at the end of the day do i enjoy this more than some of the saturation uh tapes probably not overall just because i think the sat like saturation two and three specifically are just so like like make me want to move because mm-hmm. they're so high energy but i think this by far is 
the best project they have out because it is like it is it just feels like a full team effort album like and like like you said thought out um because like if i'm listening to a saturation tape I'm going to be able to like skip through some tracks. Those are like albums I'm comfortable shuffling because it's just like a bunch of posse cuts, right? Yeah. This album, no. I want to listen to it from from front to back, no skips, just how it is intended because it feels like it was uh inspected very closely by all the boys and they want it to be an album. So yeah, I think this is I don't want to say easily their best album, but I I would say, I would say it's their best album. Like just yeah. as overall balancing act, I think they nailed it here. Yeah, I guess for me, I'm like thinking about it more as like, cause like yeah, there's like you can judge like albums and like mixtapes by different criteria because like albums are supposed to be like a cohesive project, and even though the saturation trilogy are like albums. They feel a lot more like mixtapes because they're like yeah. they're just like songs like you said you can put them in shuffle um because they're all just like kind of similar songs they're all just like hip-hop beats that the boys will hop on to and they all have like their moments on each of the songs but i think that all of the members have some of their best moments on this album um i think bareface joba kevin maybe not matt because Matt's kind of low-key throughout the whole thing, but I still really like his verses. Yeah, he knocks it out whenever he's on the mic on yeah, this album. Yeah, like, Matt Champion's just so strong on every yeah. song. Like, the best member for this album is Joba, I think, hands yeah, down. Yeah. This is a Joba album. He like, feels and, the most creatively yeah. autonomous. And, like, the most, like, personal. But, yeah. like, it, like, again, going back to the idea of, like, batting averages, like... Matt Champion knocks it out every time he's on the mic for this then, album. Then also Dom, yeah, Dom doesn't miss. Yeah, he's on any of his he, verses. Yeah. I think I think this album has produced the best Dom verse for sure. His verse on um, Windows, like I I don't I yeah. I think that is the best like, verse Dom has ever on given. Chain on is like yep. stellar. Yep, his verse on When I Ball is amazing. He just he's always been like probably the strongest like rapper. Out yeah of the whole, like, i think i think that's for sure true like matt has like like that chill flow and he's always like cool and merlin has like high energy but like just straight like rapping like lyricism and all that dom is like i think the strongest yeah um and i think that like yeah his best verse i think ever is on this album um i but and like the merlin verse on windows that's a very strong yes. Merlin verse. Yeah, and the, it's like I like it's a very simple, ele but but elegant detail when like all the boys say "Go Merlin" on his verse. It's yeah. it's perfect. It's yeah, perfect because no. it's it's exactly what you want to hear out of a Merlin verse. It's like the high energy, fun delivery. In fact, that's my only complaint about this album is there's not enough Merlin because Merlin yeah. is my favorite Brockhampton member. And there's just not as much Merlin as I want there to be. Um, yeah, I think the main appeal of Brockhampton is that it's the boy, like the boy band aspect. Like nobody else really has that aspect to them. Like Migos, not really. They're just like three guys who are like rich and rap about being rich. But like Brockhampton, you're like, yeah, these boys like they like, all have a distinct 
feel. Yeah, and not, they didn't all like come up together, but they're like very close individuals. Yep. And they've all they like back when they were recording Saturation, they like lived together. They all lived in a big house. Yep. And that's I that feeling of like brotherhood definitely comes across on this album and probably all the other albums. Yeah. Um, but this feels the most potent. And um like on uh the song Dear Lord, which is um a bare face at first and then more people come on to do like the chorus. Um it's just about like him asking God to like help Joba after his dad died. And that's like make a boy tear up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they like care for each other. They're yeah. like they're like very close people. Yep. To one another. And I think that's why they like shine so much on this album because they've and like Windows is the only like I think song with all of them on it. Yeah. Um and it's like six minutes. Um and it's probably one of the best Brockhampton songs that like exists just because of that reason. Yeah. It's just like it almost makes me wish uh, that like the So Gone So Flexi verse wasn't there. Just because I think it's the like weakest part of the track. Not to say it's bad, but I think mm-hmm. it's the weakest and I, I it's just like I was like, Oh, this is like the this is the all the boys are on the track. Yeah. It, and like Jabari does the chorus. Like yeah. He does vocals on this album. That blew my mind. Yeah, no, I'm glad that Jabari, like, it feels like, like, back in the day, it was just, like, all the people had vocals, and then there were, like, five more people that, like, did, like, production and, like, promotion and all that. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like they're all, like, in the band, you know? Yep. Like, Romil, Jabari used to be, like, kind of background members, but now they're, like, at the forefront, especially yeah. Jabari, because he has vocals and, like, yeah. he's got some hooks. Like, no band has ever made their manager known or as relevant as Brockhampton as we all all Brockhampton fans know John yeah. we know John we know John like, we know HK he just we does, know like, HK design. yeah he's like the one who just did like figures out what the album look is gonna be but we all know yeah. HK I remember watching a clip of HK um when they came up with the name saturation and he like flips out because he's like that's perfect and it was like that's yeah. what they were doing they were yep. saturating the music industry with all their music yep. and i think he is he's definitely like probably one of my favorite like just designers in the music industry just because of like how involved he is with the band he's not just like credited in that yeah he's list. not like a person they hired to do the job he's like yeah. someone that they know that they want to do the job even if there is like finance involved or whatever that's that's not relevant yeah um song i wanted to talk about was bankroll um Mm -hmm. not just because it's really good um it first came out as a snippet um back in the iridescence era they were announcing their tour for that album um it was a youtube video called bankroll so in it they announced the tour they post tour dates but then there's at the end there's like the snippet with asap rocky and then merlin comes on to do the hook and people went nuts for that song for like three years. They were like, when are you guys going to release Bankroll, huh? When are you going to put it out? And I'm pretty sure Kevin at one point said, never. Because <laughs> like, why are you guys going nuts over a snippet? We have like albums. Listen to those instead. Um, but the song finally did come out. It's like slightly changed. There's like more like production layered yeah. onto it. It's not just like kind of like the demo quality that the snippet was and i really like it i wasn't like a 
release bankroll supporter <laughs> i like didn't care that much but i'm really glad that they did yeah because it's a really good song it's very good um asap ferg kills it this is probably the best asap ferg has sounded in a year yeah um, he yeah he came alive on this track he's kind of been like mellow a little bit in the past but like his best stuff is when he's like spastic and yeah he's like that on disverse and it's very good yep and then the the hook with merlin and asap in the back probably like one of my favorite hooks on the whole album and um um i like how they switch up the formula a little bit it used to be like kevin did the hook people would do their verses and then that would be the song um but i'm really glad that multiple people get hooks like jabari gets a hook yep merlin gets a hook matt gets a hook um i'm, I'm really glad that they do that like i said it's balanced mm-hmm it's, and I really like how they incorporated the members. Like, at first, I was like, because eh, I used to be a huge fan of, like, yeah, everyone hops on a track. It's, like, fun or it's sad, and it's, like, we get everybody. Um, and then when, like, the singles were coming out, because last year, they, um, they released singles under the, like, Technical Difficulties series. That's what they called it. They would, like, release the single on YouTube, and then they would, like, delete it after, like, two weeks, <laughs> and then release more. Um, and Chain On actually was one of those. Yeah. Um, and at first I was like, yeah, these are like, okay, but like, I don't really like how it's, it'll just be like Matt and Kevin or like Dom or just like Joba and like Merlin on a track. I want like all of them. And maybe it was just cause they were singles, but in the, in the album, I really like how they've used that. Like the first song, it's just Kevin and like Danny Brown. Um, and then like, that like spark like space them out very well and then bareface doesn't even show up till like windows which is like six tracks in and then he's on like most of the songs after that but like they were really they were really holding bareface out for a minute it's like i feel like ginger was so like heavy bareface like, yeah he was a lot more involved with that one yeah so they were like all right we're sitting you on the bench for this one <laughs> you're gonna have to uh wait like halfway <laughs> through the album and then you can like do your raps and your singing and he got like a solo track, although I don't, I don't think he got a solo track on um, Ginger Iridescence, but on um, the original Saturations, he always had like a solo track, and those were those were usually very good. And Dear Lord is, I think, it's a very good song. Um, it's not like a banger. It's not like a, a like a rap, hard rap verse. It's like him doing like a gospel thing, and I think it works very well in the narrative of the whole thing. I already talked about it a little bit. Just like him, like, yeah, pray for my boy Joba. Because, like, we learned some stuff about Joba that I didn't know before on this yep. album. It gets kind of rough. Yep. And um, I think that the concept of, like, the light, I don't know what the machine thing is. Maybe but that's, that's supposed be to be the, on the next is album? Is that going to be on the next one? Maybe. Because um, Kevin says new machine on Don't Shoot Up the Party. So obviously that theme is incorporated a little bit, um, but I really like the concept of the light because Job has been like troubled for a while. I think yeah he like abused drugs. I, I'm pretty sure, and he like was like kicked out of school and like was told that he like wasn't gonna make it, and I'm sure he like believed that for a minute, but um, obviously he's successful now and that's allowed him to like become like a very interesting artist and 
um, I like the light concept. I like, I'm very glad that Job has found something that he can like lean on that's not like substance abuse or something. Um, so I think that's a super cool concept. And I really like on the light part too, when he um, is talking about how like he needs to feel about his dad dying. And then he's like, well, my father's memory will be preserved in me and in my grandchildren and like I wouldn't exist without my dad and like I thought that was a very beautiful moment very yeah. beautiful bit of introspection on Joba's part and that is probably an aspect of the light that he says is worth the wait um, I, I do really like the concept of this record I think the light is like like would it be fair to say it's like acceptance in a lot of ways yeah just yeah. maybe like acceptance or like like finding something yeah that's not just like yeah there's like a there's meaning behind all this there's not just like because um on the light and the light part two kevin is also there kevin talks a lot about because kevin his sexuality has always been a part of his um persona he was like one of the first like hourly gay rappers I think in the mainstream so it's obviously very important to him and on the light he talks about how like he's kind of felt like ostracized and what he's faced because of it and on the light part too he like talks about like his he talks about his mom a lot on the yeah. whole album Joba talks about his dad Kevin talks about his mom yeah um and I think that Kevin also finds some respite in the relationship with his mother even though she might not be completely accepting of his identity he still has found something that yeah he can like find solace in and i think that for that reason it's a very compelling record yeah the chair or the the, the leg of the table is like table. popping off i say let it let it break after we're done <laughs> recording yeah okay so um that was that was my thoughts yep. on Road, um, do you have anything you want to add? No, I think I think we covered it all. We yeah. can get into closing remarks. Okay. Um, closing remarks. I thought it was very good. I, I liked every member's contribution. I think they're all coming into their own heavily artistically. Even though they've all had an identity, I feel like they all have the, like a solid identity now. It's not just like they're part of Brockhampton. Like I feel like... Because these this album and the one that's coming out later this year are supposedly the last Brockhampton albums which like sucks but I know that any one of them could go on and have a very good solo career I know Kevin already has like strong solo stuff I know Dom and Matt have had stuff in the past and I'm sure any one of them could just like release music on their own and um, so that's why I'm like less saddened by Brockhampton breaking up yeah. Um, so I guess they don't even I, say it's like a breakup. It's just like yeah. a, like time to move forward thing. Yeah, they might like do something else or like we just yeah. don't know. They're like very interesting and creative individuals, so yeah. they'll figure something out. Um, so I guess my grade, uh, I've been I've been thinking about it. I think I'm gonna call it, uh, like it's a it's a strong A to a light A plus. Uh, like you I did don't know. The, you did the. I know. I'm not going to say his name. I don't want to. Because, like, I don't want to. Because I, th I don't think it's an A plus. I don't think it's completely, like, 
groundbreaking and all that. I just think it's very solid and I like it a lot. It's pushed into that territory. Yeah, so okay. I, I'd, I'd say it's a light or a strong A to a light A plus, but yeah. final rating would probably just be a, a very, very strong A. Yeah. Um, I think uh, so. My favorite track was uh, Bankroll. Um, yeah, I just like they, they, they. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I, you know, I, this is this is their best album to me. It's yeah. their best album. Um, so for grade, I'm sitting at an A. Yeah. Uh, I I think um, I think if they had more Merlin on there, it may have been an A plus. But you know <laughs> you what? I'm just I'm just bit. I'm just sitting I'll at just, an A I'll right now. I'll put that out there yeah. for the next one, guys. Yeah. Um, so uh, that brings us to week? what we're talking about next week. We will have a special guest um, next week. Who has requested that we talk about uh, Insane Clown Posse's 1997 release, The Great Malenko. I have never heard an ICP song in my life. Yeah, me neither. But uh, our guest has grown quite fond of them. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about next week. We will talk about that. I'm, I'm actually curious. I'm, I'm very, very interested, I'm yeah. I'm very curious as to what I will think about that. Yeah. Um, but we'll see you next week, guys. Goodbye.